What's going on, guys? Back it again with Brad Ellison. Okay, so if you haven't listened to Brad's first podcast with me, that was about a year ago. He uh, was working for a painting contractor in Michigan. Uh, he was the top salesperson there. And uh, as of recently, within the last three months or so, Brad decided to break off, start his own painting business empire. Uh, interesting about Brad, he is taking a collective of information from all of our industry leaders um, and implementing the things that they say work into his business. So simple. And that is why um, I'm almost making this a mini series on here because really, you know, the big difference between what he's doing and the success that he's getting and some of the issues that I hear over and over again is that he's taking action. He is putting things into practice in the way that he's told to put them into practice and he's getting a result. And he's going to continue to get better and better. Uh, so awesome episode with my good friend Brad. Uh, I think you'll really, really like hearing his story. Not only his story, but following along on his journey. Uh, there was another one we did uh, probably about four to five weeks ago. So scroll back into the podcast if you haven't listened to that one. And that's about when he was first starting out. So now we're at a place where he has been selling jobs, producing jobs, and yielding results. So check this one out. And it starts right now. Contractors all over the world are wanting more, more time, more freedom, more impact. The way we do this is through implementing systems, processes, standards. Welcome to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Here we hit business strategy, coaching, mindset, motivation, the tools you need for success. So strap in, listen up, and get ready to grow on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. We are live. What's going on, everyone? I'm back with B Rad Ellison from uh, <laughs> Ellison Painting, uh, the newest, hottest looking brand in the painting industry, man. Um, if you don't know Brad, he is my co admin of the largest painting contractor forum in the United States and beyond. Uh, also, good friend, Drip Jobs user, which is uh, his highest credential in my book, and, um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and just a great all around guy. So, uh, we've kind of created a little mini series here on my podcast about Brad's journey um, and uh, kind of give a quick recap. I highly suggest if you haven't done so, listen to his last episode, really just gives you some of his thought process. I bet you would kind of even enjoy listening to that, Brad, of kind of like where you were at, like in that in that time. It's going to be cool to go back and listen. Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about, you know, where you are now in terms of the growth from the, you know, maybe like six to eight weeks ago, maybe like just yeah. kind of fumbled around trying to find subs. And you kind of just told me that it's a pretty easy uh, thing. Now it's just a matter of finding the right ones and, and, you know, tune it, tuning mm -hmm. up the process. So take it away, man. Yeah. Well, first off, uh, thanks again for having me. This is one okay. of my favorite things to do. I'm always happy to carve out some time in my very, very busy schedule to, uh, to hook up with you. You are <laughs> an infinite resource of wisdom and knowledge and, uh, you take criticism well and you give criticism well. So I appreciate that. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. So last time we talked, um, well, that was four weeks ago, which means that really I was only uh, two and a half or three weeks into starting my new business. We were working on getting marketing uh, activities up and running. I don't think I had any running 
at that point. Um, I can't recall exactly when we when we started. Yeah, with, uh, it was kind of just the startup. You get you had a couple guys getting ready. Mm-hmm. And I know up. we had we had a couple jobs in the works. We had a lot of kind of word of mouth going around. People were excited to yeah. um, that we had started our own company, and so they were hiring us. That was that was awesome. awesome. So uh, since then, we have our mark. Two of our three marketing activities are up and running and generating leads. Uh, my primary responsibility now is twofold. About 80 to 85% of my time is spent actually doing estimates. And the other 15% of my time has been spent in recruiting sub crews. So for anyone that didn't listen to last one or doesn't know anything about me, uh, because I'm not a painter, we only use subcontractors to actually service our customers. So we are looking for subcontractors. Um, so the, uh, so since then, I mean, we are, we're seven, I think we're seven weeks from the time that we accepted my first job. Um, we sold $235,000 worth of, of new projects. We've completed, I think we've completed about 65,000. Um, it started out slow. We had one guy that had committed to working with us that I'd worked with uh, a few years ago. He came out and he, he kind of big promises. Hey, if you, if I come on board, I'm going to have like 12 painters to work with me. Well, for the first three or four weeks, he had one painter <laughs> and sometimes he would show up to, to help the big out. game. Yeah. Yeah. Which great guy. We love him. He's what he's, is your process like, for like when, when they start their first job, that's, that's interesting to me. Like you, you get this guy talks a good game. You, you assign him work. Do you go there personally and kind of like check out the scene or what's going on? I don't. Um, this one is a little unique because we knew him so well from working with him previously. He had, he had kind of left the painting industry. He went to go get his pilot's license, actually. Moved to California, moved down to Florida, and then came back to Michigan this year because he wanted to pay off some debt, wanted to make a bunch of money in painting. And so he came back, and when he found out that I'd left Somerset, instead of approaching them, he approached us and said, hey, if I get some crews, can I work with you? So we said, yes, of course, right? Um, so he, that's a little unique because we already had an established relationship with them. We, we believed everything he said you know, is that in that he would have a bunch of painters ready to go. Didn't work out that way. Um, but he has come through now. Now he's got like 15 painters. Now We've, he's got, he's on Great. three projects of ours right wow. today. He's got three crews working. Um, but to answer your question anyway, so when I interview a, a subcontractor crew, the first step is a one-on-one meeting with me. And that is, I set a date and I set a time. It's usually two to three days at least in the future. Um, and I show up. I show up and see if they show up. I try not to remind them. I try not to send a text saying, hey, are we still on for noon? Uh, hopefully they'll do that. I like when they do that. You know, They want to confirm that I'll be there. And of course I will. Uh, but that's step one is, are they going to show up on time? Are they going to show up at all for our meeting? During that meeting, it's pretty, pretty casual. I give them some time to tell me about themselves. I ask some probing questions about their abilities, size of their crew, what type of work are they good at? um, What type of work do they want to do? The most important question I ask is, have you ever worked for other contractors before as a sub? What did you like about it? And what didn't you like about it? Uh, What they like about it, not shockingly, is that they don't have to do any sales. They don't have to spend any money in marketing, right? Guess what they don't like about it? Being managed. 
that's just, I would say that's number two. The number one thing, more important than that, and you have never subcontracted work, so you wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. This. Not getting paid. Oh, yeah. All right. They don't I, get paid. Or if, yeah, they get, okay. if, they, if they get paid, they're waiting on a, yeah. a three or $4,000 check for 45 days. That's well, most crazy. of these guys don't have a bunch of money in the bank, and so they get burned regularly yeah. by contractors who say, yes, you're going to get contractors paid. Contractors are waiting time. to get paid, and then, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So they're waiting and waiting and waiting. So I love that. I I, I just interviewed a, um, a possible crew today, and, uh, and that was that was it, right? It, it helps me and it hurts me. It, it helps me in that all I have to do is follow through on my word and do the things that I say I'm going to do, and I have undying loyalty. Where are you finding the crews? Well, a lot of my crews I'm finding through our Facebook group, bro. Love it. Yep. You know what I do? My my wife was laughing at me. I added I added Rachel to our Facebook group, so now she's seeing like all these crazy oh, threads. She needs them help us mod. No, um, no. Do not give her more responsibilities. She would kill me. Um, but she uh she's she laughs because there's been a couple times, as you know, that I will post something that I'm looking for subcontractors. Yeah, and for some reason I don't get a lot of response. I get maybe one or two. But anytime I see someone someone else say that they're looking for uh subcontractors in metro detroit yeah i chime in and i respond to every single person that's responding Love that. so she's like you're just going in and like poaching all these guys they said no 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 they're no. saying they're looking for sub work i'm saying i'm looking for subs yeah and if the, if the original post, poster for. is not going to reach out then i'm going to do it Use right. it, use your resources. I love that. That's, that's right. a huge trait of, of what's getting you to this point is just the resourcefulness. And we said this on the last one. It's like, you know, yeah. you're incredibly resourceful when it comes to marketing sales, you've mastered in my opinion. And then and if you want to go back to Brad's first podcast with us way back when he was working for his other employer, you learn a little bit about the sales process, but uh, the production side, again, is something that you were so unfamiliar with, not just in, mm-hmm. in a sense, like you've seen it done. It was never your 100% responsibility to recruit these subs. Maybe it was on a passive way, but just it wasn't mm-hmm. really on your shoulders. Now it is, and you kind of took it and used an approach that you haven't seen before other than what you see in our group, which is people asking and connecting. And that's all this is, connecting right. with like-minded business owners. And you could do a little uh, back-end research on their Facebook profile, I'm sure, to see. Uh, sure. You know, and you and quite involved. frankly, in the Facebook group, it helps that they see admin next to my name. Yeah. They see group expert. Yeah. And uh, But I, I feel like I – Yo, You don't do a good job. You're, you're getting booted. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, not that. I, I have um, a question. Though. I don't want to go too far into this because I don't want you to lose oh, uh, what you said earlier. Okay, so I usually when I do my business breakthroughs, when I do a lot of coaching, you know, I'm usually giving them one marketing channel to start with. Usually, that's because it's a lack of funds, or you know, it's just about like getting them into the groove of actually picking something and and buying leads or spending money on marketing, which is uncomfortable for a lot of people. You did something different. You found three different marketers that do three different things and you went all in you just spent the money all right you didn't even think about it right so you said you got some results it's important that you understand that we're not going to name names we just are going to name entities because i don't want to bash anyone if they didn't get you the results that you were promised Mm -hmm. what were the results which one is giving you tell us the marketing channels tell us which results are yielding you the most return and lastly what do you plan to reinvest in and what do you plan to stop if anything okay uh, so the first, the first marketing activity, first lead generator that was up and running was the social media marketing. So that's primarily Facebook leads, running Facebook ads, capturing the information, and then funneling them through drip jobs. That was the one that was uh, launched first, getting a lot of leads from them. Um, 
closing rate is not as great as I would like. Um, but the volume of leads was really important for me, especially as I was, I was rolling. Uh, the second lead activity that launched was my door hanger campaign. And okay. uh, I do not pretend to be an expert. Literally, all I did is have Jason Paris send me his um, door hanger design. I got his permission okay. and I virtually copied it. Like where there's a picture of him, there's a picture of my family. Where there's his bio, it's my bio. Where there's a before and after, we have before <laughs> and afters that we also stole from another painter with permission. Um, door hangers went out on a, a Friday, started going out on a Friday afternoon. And by the six, within six days, I had sold $30,000 in jobs from those door hangers alone. Nice. The door hangers has been by far the best response and most profitable. The closing rate is high. Um, because of the way that it's designed, it's, it's giving, it's building rapport right away. They see the picture of my family. So we have something to talk about there. Uh, they, it says, you know, Brad grew up in Royal Oak and now he lives in Oakland township. So there's about a 30 minute drive between the two. So someone has a connection to one of those areas. It says, you know, Brad and Rachel are active in their church community. So it's, you know, Oh, what church do you go to? There's, there's certain things written into the the flyer to generate some conversation and some rapport right away. So Trust. when I get, when I get out there, people, people want to hire me. They're hoping that I live up to what the is presented in the door hanger. The third marketing activity is our website, which is, so that's at plus SEO plus PPC. Uh, the website was launched pretty quickly. Um, SEO, as you know, takes a long time to really get any results. So I'm not expecting any results from SEO. The PPC campaign has been slow to get off the ground. I had a conversation with my vendor um, yesterday. No, literally no leads from PPC yet. That's okay for now. I said the expectation yesterday that there has to be leads generated. Otherwise, it's not something I'm going to continue doing, right? So you think um, it's because the PPC is flooded in your area? Like, what do you think the issue is? Have you looked up your own ad to see what the copy look like? What if, what, what kind of like feed, like, what do you think the reason is? Because that's a little odd because typically PPC should be yielding pretty good results. Or do you think the market yeah. is just so, you know, saturated with like information on that first Google page that it's not as good as we think it. I don't, it I don't think it's that because at my last company, we were getting really great results from our, but how many reviews did your last company have? Well, a lot more, of course. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know. I'm cause I'm not, I'm not an expert at PPC. I think I'm pretty darn good at coming up with messaging and, and delivering that message. Uh, but I really don't understand the mechanics of PPC, which is why I hire someone else right. to do it. There was a couple hiccups where my account, my Google account was flagged for suspicious act, like payment activity. Okay. So then it was suspended and then they had to get it reinstated and then it was suspended again and get reinstated. So really the PPC campaign has only been going for um, a few days. I mean, I can pull it up right now and see like how many impressions and clicks and whatever yeah, but so you're gonna see it through for the month i'm sure and kind of just gauge whether or not so interesting yeah. so the door hangers and people don't really know this about like mailers and hangers and stuff it's almost like obviously it's a boots on the ground drip campaign like in mm -hmm. other words like people think if you send them out one time you're just going to yield results that's like sending out a mass email and like hoping that people keep going back to that email from like three weeks ago like it doesn't happen yeah. right you have to keep hitting it hitting it hitting it now tell me your strategy for that. So you got a big wave on the first wave of those door hangers. It mm -hmm. tapered off. I'm sure probably like mm -hmm. after like two weeks, right? You stopped yeah. getting phone calls from it. 
what's next? Like, is there like another round of it that's going to be going out or how does that work? This will be a continuous wave. Good. Okay. On any so round. So how often? Yeah, so what we did is I met with my distribution company and we identify, we started to identify areas, neighborhoods, zip codes based on median household income or house price, or, you know, they're the experts, whatever they said was the best way to narrow it down. Um, but we actually, you can geographically choose those areas. And then um, we decided to send out 12,000 door hangers in the first batch. So within that first week, 12,000 went out. The next 8,000 are starting to go out hypothetically today or tomorrow. And then uh, after that 8,000 goes out, the idea is 5,000 a week, every week in perpetuity. So we are, um, we're going kind of area by area. We started at the south end of my territory and we hit, you know, all of Royal Oak and then we're going to hit Berkeley and then we're going to hit Troy and then we're going to hit Rochester. Um, so it's, it's going to move geographically. So ideally this week, you know, the week that the Rochester mailers or the door hangers go out, I'll be doing a lot of estimates for the next couple of weeks just in Rochester and not driving around too much. Um, but it's going to be on a, a three or four month cycle. So after three or four months, we start back in the first territory, first oh, cool. uh, geographical area, and then just not never. How do you cycle. feel like um, the, the Facebook leads are working out for you? Like, what do you I mean, give me the like consensus. Are they harder to close? Are they a little less committed? Are they a little more sticker shocks? Like, what is that looking like? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of it is a um, a price objection, right? And you can tell me that I didn't build enough value into my uh, my presentation as I, as I go, sure. Uh, but it's, I think it's undeniable that the quality of leads, not necessarily quality, it's just just very different, very different type of leads. And when I'm doing the door hangers, I am specifying exact neighborhoods that I want to hit. Well, with Facebook, yeah. you you're doing, you know, we we're a little more lenient. Oh, right. Yeah, we're going we're going and doing estimates in city cities that maybe wouldn't be our ideal demographic, but we're still, you know, I'm, I can do the estimates and we're still yeah. selling jobs. It's still profitable. Don't get me wrong. Um, if it's if it wasn't profitable, I wouldn't continue to do it. But what I committed for that is three months, three months social media campaign. I wasn't a social media uh, believer before, but the person that I hired, um, it, I believe in. And so I, I told him, I said, three months, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow all of your systems. I'm going to, I'm going to take all your advice. And then at the end of the three months, if it's not as profitable as other lead generation activities in which I could spend more money, then I'm going to start diverting funds. Fair enough. That's a good deal. Yeah. You were my only comrade when it came to uh, home advisor. You and I both used it very much. Mm -hmm. you, 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 we both jump on the posts where, uh, you know, mm -hmm. everybody talks about how much they hate them. Um, yep. I haven't heard you talk about them. Obviously they're mm -hmm. Angie now. Interesting because that was something that you claimed to be one of your, you know, white knights in shining armor when it came to bringing you good leads. And it was a matter of how much you spend with them and how well you nurture them. And you and I both know the game. How come? So, well, you know that the value of those leads increases exponentially as you have more reviews on those platforms. The reason why they were so valuable at my last company was because on Angie, uh, Angie leads or Angie ads, we had something like 1200 five star reviews or a reviews, however they rate it. So when I was going out to do an estimate that uh, where the lead came from that source, they were just looking for a reason not to hire us, right? It was relatively easy. Well, right now I have 
zero leads on home advisor i have zero leads on angie's list i'm just like everyone else right um but those tools are super valuable it can be can be used highly effectively when you are trying to scale so um one of the things i told our friend skylar stewart um as he was talking about scaling and maybe potentially using those those sources was before you need those sources you need to get reviews on those sources so that's going to be part of our strategy is while we are investing in door hangers and social media and google and selling jobs and completing jobs i will be pursuing reviews on those um uh, on those sites even if we didn't get the leads from those right so that once once i'm to the point where i need them i'll have enough reviews that it they're sure. actually quite valuable right sure. does that make sense it does so, you know it, it really does it's important yep and 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 my last company when i with my partner he, i don't think he would have done a door hanger campaign he didn't think that they would work um he didn't want to invest in social media because he didn't think it would work and so now i get to make all the decisions and so i'm i'm doing it right and uh, and I may be wrong. The the social media may not end up being a long term strategy for us when it comes to marketing. Um, for now, it's working, and I'm yeah. gonna keep doing it until it's not working. Love it, love it. I yeah. mean, yeah. The mindset is is that it's like stocks. I always say this: it's like diversify, right? You never know. And it's interesting. Like sometimes Facebook will kick off, sometimes Google mm -hmm. will kick off, sometimes you know third party lead will kick off, and then you have your door hangers. And it's like you're never in a position where there's not something coming in. Uh, right. which, which I love. Uh, we got a question here. Um, I'm currently doing smaller jobs from one bedroom paint job to four to five rooms. What can I do to land bigger leads and get myself out of doing just the small jobs? What do you think, Brad? Well, I guess one question is where are the jobs coming from? Right. right? I know a lot of smaller companies rely strictly on word of mouth. Well, if you paint one bedroom for, for Janet, then she's going to refer you to her sister, Karen, who one, then one needs bedroom, one, <laughs> one bedroom, right? And you're going to be going one bedroom at a time. Yeah. Um, I'm a big believer in actually spending money on marketing to reach the people that you want to reach. Uh, and I, some people don't have the money to invest in marketing activities. I understand. Um, but also, I mean, what can I do to land bigger, bigger leads? I don't know. Do, I think you, do your own door hanger campaign. Yeah. I, you know, I think it is, it's like learning how to say no, you know, because you know, part, part of what I see is like, you know, if you say yes to these jobs, it's only going to, and especially if he's still painting, you know, like it's still, he's going to be entrenched in that job um, when he could be looking for the right job, you know? And, mm -hmm. and unfortunately like people who want bigger jobs, you know, some of the leverage we use is urgency. Uh, also bigger jobs sometimes require bigger teams. Typically I'll come into a house. They want a full house repaint. I'll say, Hey, we're coming with four guys. You know I mean? Ultimately, like if you're just a one man team and you're bidding against us, I'm going to say, look, we're going to have it done in four to five days. It might take you two to three weeks. So I think it has a lot to do with your production. But then again, when it comes as a business owner, my advice is you shouldn't be painting. Would you agree there, Brad? Yeah, obviously. I don't. I don't <laughs> it's almost good. Paint. It's, you know, it's funny. You don't, you don't paint. You don't know how to paint, right? Mm, right. Which you, which you happily claim, which is fine. You know, it's pretty cool. I'm allergic to paint. So, I mean, these hindrances that we have actually – propel us to be to be in a position where we can actually scale a business which is so important that's why i'm bringing brad on here because it's so important here uh how he doesn't have any limiting beliefs he just you know found people that are doing things the way that you know what's working for them and then implemented them in his own business and he's and he's and he's killing it um i had another question up here that i wanted to get to are the subs bidding the jobs prior to taking the job so in other words like 
probably curious about yeah, how pricing works. That's a big question, even for myself. Yeah. So um, the answer to that is no. Um, the way that we work is I go out and I do the estimate. I sell the job for whatever price I agree with, uh, with agree to with the customer. Once a job is accepted, then I set a labor price. What I'm basically the amount that I'm willing to pay to accrue to complete the job. When I send the work order, uh, so my work order is highly detailed. I mean, obviously you can get into my drip chops campaign and see what they look like. You, you have seen them. Um, yes. So they're highly detailed. So there's no question on what is involved and what's expected of the crew. And then I also send them a link to my, my company cam where there's pictures and videos of the job site. So they're going to have the work order. They're going to have the pictures and videos, and they're going to have the dollar amount that I am willing to pay on it. The crew is free to take the job. They're free to not take the job. Yeah. And if they don't want, if they don't want to take it, that's okay. I'll see if that there's is another a one proper available. subcontractor setup, by the way. Not right. somebody that works for you every day has no choice and you just decide to pay them cash. Okay. Yes. That is yes. how it's done. They have the, they have the flexibility to choose. Go ahead, Brad. I just want to make sure we get right. that point. Yep. So they, um, uh, they, what I found is the, the first, the first couple jobs, you got to make sure you give them like a, you know, quote unquote, good job, meaning just basically just a big enough job where if there's, um, if it takes a little bit longer, they're still they're still going to make money, right? right? Once once they're one or two jobs in, they seem to stop questioning how much the job pays. They know that they're it's going to be profitable. They know they're going to make the kind of money they want to make. They essentially they don't even look over the work orders or the pictures anymore. If I send them a job, most of them then will just will just take it. Now in the situations where I make a mistake, which happens, of course, because I'm human, if I underbid it or I miss it or it's something, there's some some external factor that the customer is being a pain in the butt and it's just going to take an extra few days and it's going to, that profitability for the crew is going to diminish. The crews are fully aware that at any time they can approach me and say, Hey man, can I get a little extra on this job? And when they ask that almost hundred percent of the time, as long as they have an actual good justification for it, the answer is going Wait, to be. They're in course. this group, Brad, hold on, make sure. You have to say something. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, of course, because I want the only way that I can grow my business is if I have loyal crews that trust me and are making money. Yeah. And so I if I make a mistake, they shouldn't eat it. I need yeah. to eat it. And it's on me. Or if the customer's being a pain in the ass, that's that's also on me because I was the one that met the customer. They didn't meet the customer. They just accepted right. the job. They didn't know going into it. So there are um, there will be from time to time. uh situations where I need to pay the crew more and I'm totally flexible to do that. Um, but again, most of the time, once a crew has been working with me for a while, if, if one job's not that profitable, they're not going to complain about it because they know the next one I knocked it out of the park. So it yeah. all works out in the, in the long run, but you it, want it to be ask. like, you want to, you want to, you want to create this sort of environment. Like it's almost like, Oh, nice. Brad sent me a job opportunity. You know, mm -hmm. like, I, and I think that's kind of, yeah, that's like what you want because they have options, right? I mean, and, and essentially like, you know, typically, like you said, you identify what they don't like, which is typically they don't get paid on time. You advertise that you're, that is one of your gold star principles is to pay as mm -hmm. soon as the job is done and to the standard mm -hmm. of which it needs to be done. And that sets you apart. You see it all the time. How can I find some contractors? How can I find employees? It's like, be better than the other people. Right? right. There's great people out there that want to work for great people. What Rachel and I say is we want we want it to be so easy to to subcontract work from Ellison Painting that they wouldn't even consider trying to find other contractors or even consider trying to sell their own jobs. Because why would they? Yeah. 
They can take yeah. my job, make more money subbing for me than if they were selling on their own, and they don't have to do anything else. They don't have to call a customer. Yeah. They don't have to schedule. They don't got to pay. And, yeah, that's it. Show, show up, up and do, do what you do best. Yep. Yeah. So last part of this. All right, so we've hit a uh, little bit of what's going on in production. We've hit some of the sales numbers that you're doing. We've hit some of the marketing um, in terms of kind of, you know, what's next for you. I mean, now you're on a, a pretty good trajectory. How do you plan to kind of like refine some of the systems that are going on? I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's, you know, things are kind of all over the place still. You're just kind of like getting it all together. Like what's next? How do you refine this? Do you plan on bringing in another salesperson because you, you might hit a capacity soon, you know, take us on the next level of what, like what that's looking like for you. Yeah. So uh, a few weeks ago, we were kind of freaking out that we didn't we didn't know if we were going to have enough subs to complete the work that we were going to that we were selling. Right. And now we've just been so blessed. Companies are coming. Crews are coming out of the woodworks. The The crews that started with us are like, oh, my gosh, we like this. And so they're like, yeah. if I bring another crew on to work with me, can, can wow. we? I'm like, yes, of course, let's do that. And now I'm like looking at my sales numbers. I'm like, uh oh, I need to sell more jobs. And I don't want to do that, of course, by lowering my pricing. So um, I need to increase my marketing activity and hopefully once the Google ads actually kick in. Because you want to keep the good subs and in order to keep the good subs, you got to make you sure. You got to keep them busy, man. Work, yeah, right. you know, you got, you, you, you basically have one chance to win the loyalty of these guys. Right. And if right. I, if I tell, if I tell a crew, yeah, come on board and we're going to get you as much work as you want. And then they finish the first job and then they say, all right, we're ready for the next one. And I say, oh, well, you know what? Ooh, I don't have anything lined up right now then you know what? I'm exactly like every other contractor they've ever worked for. And they're gone. I mean, you take it to heart, just like I do with my employees. I mean, it's the same. It's the same. It's just ultimately like you want great employees. You better provide a full schedule for yep. great employees. Yep. And it's like, if you're okay, if you can honestly sit there and say, oh man, we don't have any work tomorrow. And that like, and you sit with that and you're okay with that. And you can rest easy at night knowing that like, Hey, you know what? They, they don't have a job for tomorrow, but like you're good as a business owner, then you're not going to be very successful. No, no. So I, I need the Google AdWords to really be generating some more leads. If so, uh, I can increase my capacity of the number of estimates I do each day. Um, in the past, I've done, you know, six, seven, eight estimates a day. Uh, doing the math, I could probably do 10 or 11 estimates a day. And if I'm closing at my, if I just keep numbers, uh, you know, status quo as far as um, closing rates and average job size, if I'm doing 10 or 11 estimates a day, that's enough. Now, do I want to do 10 or 11 estimates a day? Hmm. The answer to that is no. So we um, we may consider bringing on a second salesperson, though. I mean, it's already June 8th. Do yeah. I bring on another salesperson to sell for the next three months and then right. it slows down? And now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm now I'm obligated. Are you to planning for uh are you planning on doing interiors or like, what does that look like? Yeah. Yes. Yes, of course. And we'll switch once our, um, once we get close to filling up for exterior season, then we'll switch all of our marketing dollars to interior painting. Um, but the, the truth of the matter is in Michigan, there's just less work to go around. It becomes way more price sensitive. Um, so, uh, the margins are lower. Right. It's, it's just, it becomes a lot more difficult. So bringing on a sales guy, now is for me as a commitment that I'm keeping him on for, for the long term, right? Through yeah. the winter, even when we're, and he's, I'm paying him even if we're not making any money. So the question is, can I just hunker down and really, really work hard myself this year, do all the estimates myself? I know I'm a proven commodity when it comes to the estimates and, and my sales numbers. Can I keep the guys busy enough through this year? 
and then really kick it into high gear next year, bringing out another sales guy or two. Or two. Uh, some, yeah. Yeah. Some love it. yeah. Sales and marketing customer service company that just so happens to paint. <laughs> it's true. I love it, man. Last thing I want to hit on before we head out, limiting beliefs, man. A lot of the people that I serve that you'll probably find that reach out to you after hearing this podcast or maybe some have done so already. They're at the same place that you were six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And now you're at a position where you've sold over $200,000 in business. You have subs out the wazoo. You're mm-hmm. on a high momentum. And it was almost like that was a blip in your business journey. It wasn't something that you even, even reference as a, as a place of, of pain, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I have a lot of vast majority, 90% of the people that I interact with on a daily basis live there mm-hmm. where you were. What's the difference? Um, so I think that, I think there's a combination of things that are going to allow me to be successful if I'm able to be successful long-term. The first is, um, I have a, I think I have a particular skill set, right? Um, I am, I have a business degree, which my degree doesn't, you know, whatever. The fact that I have a bachelor's degree in business means nothing. Um, but I have been working in business, business management, business strategy, sales, marketing for um, you know, 15, 16 years now. So I think that helps in founding a company and running a company. Second thing would be high tolerance for risk. I mean, I, we risked everything, everything that we had. Um, we laid it all on the line, walked away from a, a pretty high paying position with my last company and said, all right, we have this nest egg. We're willing to dump it all into our business and see what we can do. Um, so high tolerance for risk. Um, the third thing was my network of people that I know, and I've spent a lot of time and energy building relationships with guys like you and Jason Paris and Matt and Maggie Kuyper and, you know, all these people, all these Corey Leister, all these kind of titans of industry who are, who are helping me along the way. Um, good people help good people. And so I try to be a, a good people. (laughs) Um, but I would say the, the fourth thing for me is the most important is my, my wife and the support system that she is. Now she actually, uh, she stays at home with our kids. She also runs our insurance uh, agency on the side, it's part-time, but her primary responsibility for the past three years has been staying home, raising our kids, which is so important and she's so good at. Well, she decided to, uh, she was willing to come out of retirement to actually work with me. So she's my project coordinator. But even if she hadn't done that, the fact that she would be on board with me risking even more of our finances to hire someone to do the work that she's doing right now, right? So I, I don't know. I mean, I have a unique combination. Not, not everyone has those four things. Um, and so I'm very, very blessed and, and fortunate. No, I'd say I, I'm working hard and, and making a lot of things happen rather than you know them just coming to me. Um, but I, I did mention to someone last night that I think a year from now, Tanner, uh, you and I could could write a, a a step-by-step blueprint for someone with a specific skill set, you know, a, a business business strategic mindset um, and a high tolerance for risk to start a million dollar painting company oh, and have it hit a million dollars in your first year. I'm proving that it can be I think I'm gonna prove that it can be done. Oh, I have no doubt. I think that, you know, you said a lot of good things. You have, you have a very strong why you put it all on the line. There was no going back. So there was no, there was no mental debate, right? You quit your job, man. You quit something that you were making a good living. You were comfortable. 
I think every time I sent, I put a picture of like, where's your job site? You're like, Oh, I'm in the gym every day at like 10 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, ha- I haven't been to the gym so much lately. I figured, I figured, but Hey bro, but you're in it, you know, you're in the grind. So you're willing to grind. You have a strong why. And that's so important. And yeah. one thing that I like, you say you have a high risk tolerance. I just say that you take action when action calls. Right. And it's like, you know, I sit on this thing, dude, multiple hours a week, giving advice on taking action, getting marketing together, putting together a production team. And there's just some sort of hesitation. I think you just have a strong belief system. I think confidence plays a huge, huge deal in this whole thing. It's like, I can do this. Like, I, And mm-hmm. I think what you said about having a good network around you of people that you trust that have done it and they say, hey, Brad, try this way. It worked for me. Hey, Brad, try this way. It worked for me. Hey, Brad, mm-hmm. try this way. It worked for me. And I don't think it's just a one-way street. I think you provide value as well. I think you being so inquisitive makes people check their own processes. Like maybe, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's a two way street, but all that stuff is good. And I think if you have a strong, why you have a good network of people and it could be our painting group. I mean, there could be, you know, if you were bold enough to get on that painting group and just start sharing your journey, like, Hey guys, you know what? I'm tired of where I'm at. I want to start something new. I'm ready to hire subcontractors when anyone be willing to give me advice. And you block out all the noise of all the, the people who wish they could have the courage to do that. I guarantee you that the heavy hitters, Nick, you, Jason, you know, all the, all the, all the guys that are are on their way to success be more than happy to give you any advice that you ever could even imagine. But the thing is, don't come back for more advice unless you took the advice. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but here's the thing though. I think that helps you too. Cause it's the same with anyone. No one wants to hear from someone again after they gave you advice to do something, you didn't do it. So I think you also have that little pull from your network of people. It's like, Oh, okay. All right, cool. Yeah. Now that you hit this, let's do the next thing. And then you're building that momentum. All that stuff comes together, man. It's extremely valuable for a lot of people. You see the comments, man. People are very, very excited about all the stuff you're sharing. So, uh, part three coming up in about two, three months, man. I'd love to continue this journey until you hit a million. Yeah, let's do it. I'm 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 happy to get on every four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever you want. Yeah, it's cool. Let's let's document it. Yeah, document it. A year, a year from now, people can follow this. Go and back and step, listen step to step step Brad's first podcast episode with me when he was a salesperson for his other company. Then listen to the the one that he did a couple of weeks ago, where it was just you know him starting out, just getting all the marketing up. You've heard this one now, and then you know follow the journey. I mean, just just you know, don't be scared. Yeah, love it. Go do it. Thank you, brother, for your time. As always, wait, we got Appreciate one more comment you. here. We'll make sure it's good. Ah, uh, here we go. It's been amazing. Thank you guys so much. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) All right, man. Hey, hey, thanks so much for listening to Brad's story on the Contractor Seekers podcast. Hey, listen, I'm looking for people to join me on the business breakthrough. That's right. I want you to join me. Uh, This is what I love to do. Hopefully by now you trust that it is a uh, enriching experience. Not only that, it's going to force you to grow a little bit. It's going to give you a little bit of a perspective. So if you're interested in joining me on a business breakthrough, please reach out, find me on Instagram, find some way to contact me, become a drip jobs user. Cause chances are I'll reach out to you. Uh, in any case, reach out to me. I want to do a business breakthrough with you. Um, it's a 40 to 45 minute session. Some people don't know, but it is 100% free. There's no charge. There's no upsell at the end. Nothing. I get on, we do our thing and then you go about your business, hopefully with a new perspective. So, uh, just reaching out to those of you listening that may be on the fence about it, you know, may have some questions about business. It's what I love to do. So I'm happy to help in any way I possibly can. So find a way to reach me and we'll do a business breakthrough.